Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we're talking about proof theory. And we just started talking a little bit about normalization of proofs for natural deduction proof systems. And so I realized there's like a couple of interesting things to be talking about related to this sort of stuff. And uh, I think I want to tell, talk a little bit today about um, the normalization for implication rules. Okay, so for implication inferences, uh, this is quite um, this is quite central and to the whole problem of normalization in natural reduction and uh, and relates kind of also to you can we can see to cut elimination and sequent calculus. So uh, anyway, so that's that's what I want to talk about for a little bit here. Um, I just some other little updates. So thanks a lot for people who are letting me know they want to participate in this class in October. And so far we're up to, golly, six people. That's pretty great. And I don't want it to get too enormous. So if you do want to do it, but you've been on the fence, please let me know pretty soon because if it's getting too much bigger than 10, I might have to sort of cap it. I was, I mean, I'm pleased that there's people who want to do it. That's really great. So um, I don't want to shut anybody out. But on the other hand, if it was too large, it would be hard to do. So, I mean, you know, if it's a success, we can do another one. So, um, okay, so yeah, so do let me know by the, pretty soon. And by the end of the month, it's, you know, I'm going to be sending out instructions for people who told me, and that, that'll be that. And that's going to be about normalization for type theory, which is absolutely related to normalization for um, proof theory. I mean, under the curry howard isomorphism, they're really they're the same process. So, uh, yes. Okay, so anyway, that's, um, that's, that's that. And let's return to, to thinking about um, normalization for proofs in natural deduction. So natural deduction, as we said several times, just as a review, we've got introduction and elimination rules for every connective. Introduction means you've, you're building a proof, right? You're building it from little smaller proofs. Like, this, what's the base case? Where do you start? You start with axioms that are just rules that say, oh, you can just, like, true is true from no assumptions whatsoever. You can just start. If you want to have a proof of something that says blah, 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 true, like true and true. You know, it's not a terribly exciting thing to be proving, but you have an axiom that says true is true, and an introduction rule says, oh, if you prove two facts, then you can prove separately, like you have a proof of the one fact, proof of the other, you can glue them together to make a proof of the conjunction. Okay. And for implication, uh, you know, it's like you want to, to uh, the introduction rule for implication says if you want to prove an implication, like A implies B, then you assume A and prove B. And... So uh, you get to make use of A as an assumption in that piece of the proof. That is, anywhere you want, if you were supposed to prove A, you can just say, oh, I'm already assuming that. And you don't have to give a proper proof of A. Maybe you have a way to prove A independently. Like, what if you're proving true and true implies true? You know, whoa, <laughs> awesome, the power of math. <laughs> say you're proving true and true implies true. Right? You say, okay, let's assume true and true, and then, oh, actually, that's even more boring than I meant to do. Um, uh, anyway, there's more than one way to, to prove stuff in, in general, and so, like, when you assume true and true, if you have, you could use that assumption in my silly little example. You really barely need to do that. I guess you could project out a component of it. Right? I could say, assume true and true, and then use and elimination to say, oh, I know a conjunction, then I know the first thing. So I know true. Right, so that'd be one proof, okay? 
it has an implication introduction at, at the start, you know, like the bottom, like we draw these proof trees with the conclusion at the bottom, and you draw the tree up. So at the bottom it says like true and true implies true. And you say, okay, now I'm gonna prove true, I'm gonna make use of this assumption true and true. And I'm gonna do that in this silly way by just saying, okay, let's project out the first component of that proof. Okay, and so that gives me true from that assumption. So, um, yeah, so definitely a silly proof. Um, and, but I could also just as well do a some, some similarly silly proof by saying, let's assume true and true. And then instead of using that assumption at all, I could say, now I'm just going to prove true with an axiom. Or even more silly, I could say, let's prove true and true by an axiom. I mean, sorry, by an axiom and then an and introduction inference. And then let's do an and elimination. Right? So doing an introduction immediately followed by an elimination is exceptionally silly, um, generally speaking. And so, or at least it's, it's definitely unnecessary in principle. I'm hedging my bets here a little bit because when we come to implication, we'll see that um, there actually is a reason why you might want to do an introduction followed by an elimination. But uh, definitely for this case of and, it's really quite pointless. And so that's a detour. When you introduce the formula and immediately eliminate it, why did you do that? <laughs> you created, you know, you created a glass duck and then you immediately smashed it. Why? Why did you do that? You wanted bits of glass? Yeah, okay, that's my ridiculous analogy. I've got glass pellets in a bucket and I painstakingly blow, you know, heat up, heat them up and blow a glass duck and then I smash them to get glass pellets. It's pointless, right? I already had the pellets. So, <laughs> uh, anyway. So implication, introduction, elimination, that was a little different. We said what implication introduction is. Prove A implies B by assuming A and proving B from that assumption. You, you don't have to use the assumption. You could, like different logics, you know, there's relevance logic that says you have to use that assumption. Because we, we want to prove, we have this, in relevance logic, the idea is that implications, when you say this implies that, you're trying to say there's a connection between your premise and your conclusion. Like, I need my premise to drive the conclusion. Whereas in classical and intuitionistic logic, too, there's not this requirement, right? It's, you can, implications can be um, irrelevant. So you can just say, if all ducks, you know, I don't know what's with the ducks, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not like there's ducks all over the place in Iowa right now or anything. Um, that, yeah, that'll happen a little later with migrations and stuff. Um, you know, if all these ducks have gold collars, then 2 plus 2 equals 4, right? I can assume something totally ridiculously silly or just unnecessary, not ridiculous, uh, and that's fine. But in relevance logic, no. If you're, when you're proving an implication, you're really proving there is a connection between the assumption and the conclusion. Okay, but we're not talking about relevance logic right now. We're just, besides this, we're just talking about intuitionistic or classical implication rules. So, okay, so implication reduction and implication elimination are saying like, well, if you have, if you know, that is if you have a proof, or it could be an assumption anyhow, of A implies B, then, uh, and you have a proof of A, then you can conclude B. So from A implies B and A, you deduce B. And this is, eliminates the implication. That's just the terminology for saying that the implication is, um, a, in, the, in the proof rule, you write like, a implies B, and A above a, a horizontal line, and below the horizontal line, you write a B. And so you're eliminating, as you pass from premises to conclusion, that implication is not there anymore in the, in the conclusion. Now, with implication, if you have a detour where you first introduce an implication and then immediately eliminate it, 
you know, there is actually a little bit of a reason to do that. Because, so say that you're trying to prove A implies B, and say that in your proof of B, um, you use A, you know, three or four times, right? It could happen that you have some assumption that you actually make use of it several different places in your proof. And now, suppose that you're, you actually do have a proof of A, but it's enormous. It's really, really bad. It's super, it's, you know, proof of Fermat's Law's theorem or it's some humongous complicated thing. You definitely, like, so in principle, you could say, well, and this is the heart of, of uh, um, eliminating a, a detour with implication rules. You know, if you, if you had a proof of B that had some assumptions of A all sprinkled through it, you could just as well, but you have a proof of A, you could just as well, as well stick that proof of A in all those places you had the assumptions. And then you'd prove B without needing, you know, without any assumption, right? You, so you say, like, you should sort of think of it as, like, if I proved A implies B with an implication introduction, that means I've got this proof of B that has a bunch of kind of, like, holes. I mean, it's, you know, this is legal. It's a closed proof when you've done this, when you close off that, that assumption with the implication introduction. But um, you've got this derivation of B, and in a bunch of places it says, well, I'm assuming A, so that's how I know A is true. But if you have, separately, a proof of A, then you could just as well prove B, and in all those little places where you said, well, I'm assuming A right now, so I get to use that, you could say, oh, forget that. I don't need to assume A. I've got a proof of it. I'm going to put down a copy of that proof in all those little places where the, whole, um, the holes were in my, in my subproof uh, of A implies B. And... Um, and so that is, in fact, how you eliminate the detour. If you do an implication introduction and then an, an elimination, you just take the, um, you know, you take this proof of A that you have and you copy it and stick it all those little places where your proof of B um, from an assumption of A was using that assumption of A. So, you know, so that's, I mean, I've kind of at one at the same time trying to, which is maybe not pedagogically a great idea, I'm trying to describe what the implication um uh, you know, what the detour elimination is, or, or you know, normalization process for these detours with implication, but also kind of point out um, you could actually get a big, a much bigger proof when you have to plug in a bunch of copies of a proof of A into a bunch of places where you were, had assumptions of A. Right? So you could be copying something big a bunch of places. And um, and this absolutely corresponds, you know, and this detour reduction um, for proofs of, with implication corresponds to beta reduction under the Curry-Howard isomorphism. It corresponds to beta reduction. My um, proof of the implication is a lambda abstraction. Everywhere I wanted to assume A in, the, in a lambda term, it means I'm saying, like, I've got lambda x, and then I use x a bunch of places. The places I'm using it correspond to the places my proof wanted to use an assumption of A. And when I do the implication elimination, um, also known as modus ponens, I am uh, I, I'm calling that function. So I have like lambda x, blah, 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 and I'm calling it with my proof of A. And if you have a, a lambda abstraction, you call it with some, you apply it to something, right? That's a beta read x, and you're going to substitute that argument for the variable um, all through that term. And doing such a substitution could make your size of your term kind of explode. So anyway, um, that's all I wanted to share with you right now about uh, implication introduction, I mean about a detour reduction with implications, and 
um, I've reached my destination, which is once again on a very nice sunny Saturday here in the great state of Iowa. Um, although I'm not too happy about the University of Iowa's behavior right now. You know it's not a good sign when there are articles in the New Yorker interviewing your faculty and your faculty say how horrible things are. So we had that we had one of those recently. Yikes. Um, and I really applaud the faculty member who was brave enough to talk to the New Yorker guy and tell him how crappy things are right now. Anyway, uh, but uh, the state of Iowa is pretty, though. And so, yeah, I'm at the public library, so I need to go. Uh, thanks for listening in, and I hope um, you're well wherever you are. Feel free to drop me an email, as always. Introduce yourself. Say hi. Ask me a question. If you wanted to get somebody to ask me a question this week about what we were talking about, that's great. I'd love to answer those and talk to people on email. So, I uh, hope all is well with you wherever you are. Bye now.